Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I am doing actually pretty well. It's a Monday. Yes. It's March 14th, and Tom Brady has announced he is coming back. Yes. (laughs) And I am very happy. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. Are you as happy as I am? I'm excited, yes. Okay, well. Glad he's not retired fully. So I think last episode we uh, were talking about how we expected to continue to have to talk about whether or not Tom Brady was truly retired or going to come back. Uh, I don't think either of us expected that. uh, I didn't expect that we would. Well, I guess I figure with free agency we might find out soon. Right. But I did not expect that he would be going back to Tampa. I yeah, thought if he was I mean, coming back, sure. just because of everything that we had heard, I just expected that he was going to, you know, somehow work a deal to get to San Francisco or something like that, uh, but not that he would be staying in Tampa. So something happened. I don't know. I don't know what all that smoke was about. <laughs> yeah, what, about the, the fi- What fire it was indicating or not indicating. Um, Tom goes over to... The UK goes to a Man U game. Yes. And Glazers the own the Buccaneers. Ownership. They own Manchester United. And uh, the next day, boom, he's back. So, hmm, makes you wonder what the, that conversation was about. Yeah, it's interesting. I figured he was going to come back this season. I figured he wasn't done <clears throat> done with the game of football. Uh, just based off everything we've heard and the way he retired just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but like you said, I was expecting him to go for a Niners route as opposed to, um, Tampa Bay route. Um, and we don't really know, like you said, what happened, but I know that we know that we met with ownership, uh, when he went to the Manchester game. So we know that he met with ownership there. And then a day later, obviously he, and that was yesterday. He decided that he's coming back to play for at least this season and we'll see what he does after past this. But obviously it, it Have has. you seen anything like uh, in terms of a new contract? No, he's not. Gonna, he's not going to sign a new contract. Um, I was going to get to that because I think what I think I, it, this might be one of those things that he just kind of just finishing off his contract, just finishing out his agreement, and then might decide to test the waters of free agency if he decides to play longer this, this season, which I think is fairly likely unless he unless a big injury or something of that effect happens that he plays why not renego- like why not say hey. Listen, I'll stick around. Here, here's you know, kind of here's what my vision is for the team. Here's what I want to do. I'll stick around. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he signed what a four hundred, two hundred million dollar deal. He hasn't signed a contract yet. Okay, well that's what he's expected to sign, right? Yeah. Okay. I just don't think Tom Brady wants to be there for much longer. Why? I think it's just a thing. Because I mean, why? Honestly, if he's coming back, same same deal with Aaron Rodgers. If you're going to come back and do it for a year, and you think you're going to stay in the league for maybe a couple more years or a few more years, why not? It's entirely possible that they, that he tries to sign the contract, but the Tammy Buccaneers this season aren't going to be able to bring back a vast majority of the guys that they have just because of con or cap space and issues of that effect. Well, it just depends on, they've yeah. already lost offensive linemen to free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy went to the, to the, uh, to the Bengals, Alex, uh, Alex Kappa. Kappa, I think something like that. Mm-hmm. He went to the Bengals to protect Joe Burrow. Uh, we might get Rob Gronkowski back, but a lot of that thing is so. going to get decided. They're trying to work on a contract right now, but uh, I, I just I think 
I think Tom Brady just wants to finish out his contract with the Buccaneers. Um, I think the the Buccaneers are going to be able to retain a little bit of the free agents that they would have been able to lose or would have lost if it wasn't for Tom Brady coming in and kind of fitting that mold. But I, I just think he – I don't know if he's, after the season, how satisfied he's going to be with what's left of the team that 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 we've had for the last couple of seasons if you're, if you're a Tampa Bay fan. Uh, I think that we're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of the guys, the main core pieces over the next few seasons because they're failing to pay them the money that they need to get paid. Uh, like Godwin, they're franchise tagging him for the second time. We don't know if Fournette's gonna be coming back. We really have no idea what's coming next. But I, you, like I said, you're gonna lose a lot of guys in the next couple of years just because of the natural progression of the NFL. So I, I don't think Tom Brady sticks around past this point because at the age that he is, 45. He doesn't want to go into a rebuild situation where before he actually has a chance to for the uh, Super Bowl again, he has to go through a massive rebuild, get the players in. He doesn't want that much control. He wants a already built to win uh, team. And right now, yes, he might miss the window to get that. But I just think uh, after this season, we'll have a lot more information about teams like the 49ers that he was rumored to go to. But I just don't think that he sticks around past this season with the current team that he's in. Maybe he doesn't even play football, but I think that's highly doubtful, especially if he has another successful season like he's been having, where where that's the case. But I'd be shocked if he signed another contract with the team, because, or if the team even wanted to sign another contract with him, because the amount of money that he would be worth would sink the entire team as far as being able to sign other players that are necessary to win well, football no, I mean, games. At this point, he's not playing for money, right? Right. That's. But I also think he's not going to want to play for nothing, right? Because yeah. the the newest contract he did, he didn't get a raise or anything. It's just cap space stuff that mm-hmm. he helped the team out with. So I, I just don't think that this is a, a, a per, permanent type thing. But I, I do think it's exciting that it come back from the season because of what when he came back, he came out right before free agent start free agency started. So he came out the perfect time to kind of help the Bucks patch up a little bit of things. And maybe this is just a special favor for the Bucks. Say, hey, I'll do you a solid if you do me a solid and trade me next season. I don't know. Or let me go next season. I don't know. But obviously something was said between him and management or ownership and management that he that he liked enough that he wanted to come back and yep. play another season. But yeah, like you said, when I first heard the nurse that he was coming back, I wasn't surprised. But I was surprised to see the Bucks as the, the landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has something to do with post-career. Post-career? Ownership? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Makes you wonder. Uh, Okay. Interesting. Well, it's going to be fun to see what happens. I'm super excited. Uh, That makes Tampa a lot more interesting uh, going into next season and certainly solves the biggest question mark that they, you know, that they had on the team. Um, So uh, where things go from there? We don't know. We will have to live it out and see Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, So... Today, was it today, is the first day of, quote, legal tampering? Yes, yes, it is. Where people are now allowed to legally tamper with, with players, players. Yes. Try to uh, coerce them to come join them in their quest for football domination. Uh, what's, uh, what's your impressions uh, after the first day here? Who are the, who are the big winners? Uh, I think there's qu- a couple of teams that I would classify as big winners. Uh Starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they were able to do and who they were able to bring in, they got protection for Trevor Lawrence uh, in multiple offensive linemen. Offensive linemen has kind of been the thing that's moved around, if you can call it moved around, because they haven't really officially signed, but that was the idea. 
Um, so that's going to be helpful for Trevor Lawrence, especially as he tries to get his footing in. And then also as Travis Etienne comes in after they got rid of Carlos Hyde a couple of days ago to make cap room to bring all these guys in. But the biggest thing that they did, uh, and I think the thing that most Jaguar fans are most excited about, is the addition of uh, Christian Kirk, who um, played for the Cardinals the last few seasons and then is now moving into Jacksonville. And the reason why that's such a big deal is the 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 Jaguars needed a guy that could catch the football. Um, last season, especially down the, the later stretch of the season, uh, catching the football was a huge issue for him. They really couldn't get much going there. Drives were stalled just because of that simple fact that the ball would maybe be a little bit low or whatever the case may be, and they just couldn't come up with a catch even though they needed it. And that's really been the probably the biggest factor that's really prohibited from this team from getting to the next level. Adding Marvin Jones last season was a kind of a step in the right direction. Now adding Christian Kirk this season is going to be even bigger step in that direction. And then whatever they do in the draft is also going to be a really big help because Jacksonville obviously is the number one choice in the draft. So if they go defensively or offensively, that remains to be seen. But maybe free agency wise, they just do a lot of uh, offensive stuff and then defense in the draft. We don't know. That remains to be seen. But as of now, they're spending quite a bit of money uh, to get these guys in and build around Trevor Lawrence, which is really smart. Uh, Doug, Peterson, uh, Peterson, Peterson, uh, as the head coach is kind of putting his fingerprint on right now and getting them to the point where they'll have success. I think that's probably the number one. Number two, I think it's kind of a toss up. Uh, not sorry. Number two, number three is a toss up. Sorry. Number two is the chargers who, uh, they just got JC Jackson along with Cleo Mack and Joey Boza are now on the same defense and uh, in, char- in the chargers uniform along with a, really good explosive offense and this could be a coin toss for number one either of these two teams but the 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 chargers really got to step up now especially with the division that they're in like we mentioned that's the that's the chiefs that's the broncos and the raiders and then themselves obviously so i think getting a better defense is going to be extremely helpful for them uh, as you try to get into the playoffs next season you guys were so close to getting there fell short just barely at the very end lost the footing and ended up falling uh, falling out. But I think with with getting this really good front seven uh, for the defense, or front four for the defense, really good pass rushers that can definitely wreak havoc, and then also re-signing Mike Williams to a big contract, getting Justin Herbert basically at a steal because he's still on his rookie deal and is playing at an elite level like a six-, seven-year uh, veteran. And then you get J.C. Jackson, which might be one of the best covers uh, for – uh, cover defenders for the the Patriots to get the, him to come to you as well and sign him is just a major plus for you and I'm excited to see what this t- this team is able to do especially as the AFC grows ever hotter um, the other team um, in the AFC is is the Steelers and they probably the third biggest um, biggest team in the fact that they just signed Trubisky to to their roster now does that mean that he's going to be number one is he going to be the starting quarterback mm-hmm. that remains to be seen but what I, from what i'm capable of being what i've one? heard is they they wanted to be that's why they signed him mm-hmm. uh capability wise we don't really know we saw him a little bit in buffalo play in preseason everyone really liked what they saw he was able to command the defense better coaching better everything that he had at the bears then he goes to the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin obviously is a really good head coach as well mm-hmm. that's never had a losing season, so he's not going to make a risk that he yep. can't uh, figure out how to make it a positive. So I think based off of what I've heard, he's the, he basically 
obviously if he fails in the QB or in the OTAs and everything and doesn't uh, produce the way they want him to, he won't. But right now it looks like he'll be the number one quarterback legging out Mason Rudolph uh, and Haskins that are also behind him. So that's going to be a big thing for them that they found a guy that they could definitely use. Um, it's weird to say that Trubisky even has an opportunity to get the number one spot because after his uh, tenure with the, the Bears, not a whole lot of people thought he was starting quarterback material mm-hmm. or even quarterback material mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he ha- has an yeah, opportunity. I don't trust that Bears uh, coaching staff that yeah. was raising him there. The, after the Bills... Something happened there because the Bills are a good organization. Definitely mm-hmm. can put him in the right direction. And then now the Steelers are taking a chance on him, and things can yeah. really turn around for him. So, there, do they have anybody else uh, behind him? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason him? Rudolph, they have, and uh, Haskins, they have. Okay, right. Uh, Haskins came from the Commanders, and then he came in last season. Okay, but they haven't picked up. Uh, but they haven't really. That's like the only guy that they've picked yeah. up as far as okay. uh, much there. Be, yeah, maybe it's a flyer. See how he does. I, I think. I think it's a good option for him. I, 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 the guys that are behind him, I think I trust him more than the guys that are behind him to play just because he has a lot of NFL experience for better or for worse. But I think he'll definitely have some good success for the Steelers, and I'm excited to see what they look like uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every coin has a has a two sides to it. Those, that's, those were the winners. Who are the losers? Uh, I think the Packers are the, probably the big losers of the day, mm. especially after they hear that Devontae Adams does not want to play on a franchise tag. Mm, right. And uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't signed his contract yet. So uh, what do you do there? Um, because if if Devontae Adams decides, okay, I'm not going to play, retires or uh, forces a trade or whatever, the, or whatever the case may be, then will Aaron Rodgers even sign the contract to play again? Because now you lost Devontae Adams and – everything kind of goes back to square one that it was with Aaron Rodgers. So what what really happens now, uh, because neither guys, Aaron Rodgers still hasn't signed his contract. Devonta Adams wants a contract, but the Packers aren't really willing to give it to him because of Aaron Rodgers' contract. If uh, Devonta Adams walks, then does Aaron Rodgers go back on his comment of coming back and decide, okay, I want to go somewhere else at this point, which is still entirely possible because He's not franchise tagged, and he's not signed to any sort of uh, contract agreement at this point. So at this point, we kind of just reset where we were a couple weeks ago of what happens next. But that really kind of puts him kind of on the losing side of things. Obviously, they freed up a little bit of cap room with uh, dropping Zadarius Smith, which frees up a little bit of room. But they're going to have to give Devontae Adams a reasonably big contract to want him to stay especially with this free or at this wide receiver uh needy market along with quarterback needy market which is kind of where it's at right now uh so right now the the packers are losing momentum and they the last thing they wanted to hear after aaron Rodgers commits is devonta adams is having his own shared doubts plus they need to make sure that he feels like they are caring about him enough to the point where they're able to give him a contract otherwise down the road a couple of years, there's also going to be this revisit of this conversation where they did not put enough money behind him to make it seem like they care. Uh, and a lot of these wide receivers are in this position where they're moving around. We see it all over Twitter. Uh, I posted on me sports quite a bit, all this draft or these free agency moves and everything like that. Plus how heavy the wide receiver market is going into the draft. So there's a lot of things to kind of look at here is why does why is green Bay not giving them a contract at this point? I think the base answer to that is as Aaron Rodgers needs a big contract. But they were also trying to sign Devonta Adams to a big contract before Aaron Rodgers comes back. So there seems like a conflict of interest a little bit going on between in the 
Packers organization at this point. So they're going to have to figure this out over the next couple of days before before things get any worse for him. And Devontae Adams demands a trade or and or re- might retire, whatever the case may be, because they do have him on franchise tag, which makes things a little bit harder for him. But as we know, play, uh, players that are superstars have usually have their way. But if you're the Packers um, and, and Devontae Adams is kind of doing this at this point, it might be smarter to sign uh, Aaron Rodgers, get him onto a, get him on a contract for you, and then figure out what to do with Devontae Adams. Whether that's give him a small contract now and then a bigger contract down the road, or and or trade him to a different team and make it someone else's problem, uh, like the Raiders. Any team would be happy to have him um, because every team needs him. Uh, Washington, Seattle, just the list goes on. That could use Devontae Adams' uh, services, and you could get some draft choices, which could be helpful uh to get another wide receiver in the draft but locking up aaron Rodgers is probably yep. needs to be number one priority so you don't end up losing him indeed i would have to agree with you for sure um okay i want to jump over and just talk basketball for a couple of minutes um the trade the Harden trade for ben simmons and uh and uh, seth curry someone else came with him andrew drummond there you go um it's been a little while. We've had some time. I think I, has Ben Simmons been on the court? Yet? He has not. He has not been on the court yet. <laughs> uh, Okie doke. Uh, uh, I thought maybe after that game where they played each other, like he'd get better and be ready to play. No. Apparently, there's back issues for him. He's okay. having back issues. So all of all of that to set up. Who who's won this deal? Uh, at this time where we're at right now, I think it's the Nets. Uh, the Nets. Got more players, obviously, but that's not really why. Uh, Curry, Drummond have had major impacts on the Nets immediately right out of the gate um, and have been able to carry that forward. If you're the 76ers, you're having slow starts. You got destroyed by the Nets and you by the two players that you got or the multiple players you got rid of. And James Harden is kind of feeling his way around a little bit. But I just think that the, the 76ers made a little bit of of a a big mistake they they got blinded by the james harden part of this and they lost track of the future part of this and the nets didn't lose track of the future part of this they they didn't get lost in the harden part of it either they dealt the part that might have been hard to get rid of which was harden but they got back the pieces that make it easier uh an easier pill to swallow and what i mean by that is the 76ers lost one of their best three-pointers and one of the best big men that they had on their on their on their squad. Now, granted, they have Joel Embiid, so Drummond came in every now and again to help out. But both of these guys are extremely good basketball players. Curry probably topping the list uh, in this case. But you you bring Harden in, you put him in the 76 organization. On paper, that's fantastic for you. But the 76ers have completely changed who they are. They used to be a team that got out to a fast start and never really let up. Um, and I mean, obviously the assists have been there for Harden. Everything's been there, but they really just haven't been able to find a way to accelerate out of the gate and keep going. They're having to claw back into the basketball game, which is something they don't really want to have to do. But for the Nets, they're having success consistently. Kevin Durant uh, and Curry and Drummond uh, and Bruce Brown, these guys have just kind of come into their own on this Nets or, uh, roster. And the Nets have also gotten defense back. Harden's not a good defensive player. And that by being why they're having slow starts is because they're giving up uh, points because Curry 
is one of those guys that can definitely be a good defensive player, and they lost him. So I just think that the 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 76ers are going to look back on this trade, and the fans are going to look back on this trade in the next couple of years and really just think we made a huge mistake as far as getting rid of these guys because now you look at them and they're having really good success in the league because they've already had a really good success in the league. That's just going to keep going, especially with the pieces that the Nets have put around them. They just have to kind of capitalize on and keep doing that. So I just think at this point, I think at the beginning of the, at the trade, I, I felt this way, but I think I feel this way even more now. The 76ers went all in on James Harden. They should have not given away all those pieces and let the trade not happen. It's quite, quite a substantial amount of... It's a substantial amount of players. Play to get rid of there. Yeah, I just would have not let the trade happen if they said you need this and this and this and this. But it was also really smart of the Nets to be like, okay, they really want this guy. Yeah, take go advantage. ahead, just take it. I don't really, yeah. we don't really need him. We need, we need yeah. these guys that are going to help us because they got a bunch of players that equal greater value than James Harden ever was going to be able to do for the Nets, and they got him for two players. They literally gave away two players, and the Nets gave away like, or the Seventy Sixers gave away like six or seven players. Or it was maybe six or five players, something like that. But two or three of them are some of the best players on the on the roster of the 76ers. So as of right now, with 14 games left until play-in starts, I believe that's what I read about 14 games left. So things are kind of ticking towards an end, and the 76ers have to be wondering, are they going to be able to pull it off and keep playing well, especially with all these losses that they're uh, adding to yeah. their final record? Yeah, well, hmm. It'll be interesting to see how things close out and uh, looking back what the the final declaration will be. So MLB is back. Yes. Uh, or it's coming back. Spring training starts up again here on the 17th of March and uh, runs through the start of the regular season, which will now be on April, I believe, the 6th or 7th. Um, I think it's the 7th. Uh, with uh, spring training games kind of bumping right up against it, um, even right up to that prior week. So uh, so baseball will be back, and lots of moves being made uh, kind of late in the game, uh, given the holdout, uh, I guess, or the contract negotiations that are now settled. Um, so there's a flurry of free agency activity as teams try to get things figured out in a, an abbreviated uh, spring training schedule. So... Uh, that'll be interesting. We'll dig into some of that stuff as the season gears up and gets uh, and gets underway. Uh, but before um, we get out of here, I want to stay with the NBA um, and uh, just talk about the Lakers for a second. Um, what's the issue with the Lakers? Is the is the issue LeBron or is the issue everybody else? around him like he seems very inconsistent and uneven exactly a very the whole team seems very <laughs> out of sorts uh the lakers invested a lot uh we talked about this quite a bit almost i feel like every yeah. every sport has its own season of something that you just exclusively talk about the lakers put themselves in this situation right the the media just kind of came behind and boosted it but the lakers put themselves in the situation by signing all these good players and then basically saying uh these guys are the heroes that are going to get us all the way to the nba and nba playoffs again since the bubble like we're going to go back all the way and we're going to win it all and blah, blah 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 but then you look right now and where they're at after the entire season you're like are you sure? <laughs> right. I think 
the Lakers are in the playing tournament right now, but they're 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 not the type of t- they're the bottom part of the playing tournament, but they're not the type of team that can beat the Pelicans, right? The Pelicans actually made correct decisions. This big three, big seven, whatever you want to call whatever the Nets are, or the Lakers are doing right here, isn't something that is substan- sustainable and something that actually wins you ball games. Russell Westbrook play is playing really not great. There's no hustle coming from him. He's not shooting well behind the arc. The shooting is not great coming from him. And then you get, you haven't even heard from Anthony Camello like that, that his news hasn't really come up at all. It's just the entire, everything that comes out of Lakers organization is Frank going to get fired. The head coach, is he going to get fired after the season? Who's going to replace him for him? Is LeBron James moving on after the season? And sometimes you'll hear about a good 50 point game and it's all Russell Westbrook not playing very well. And everyone wants to to move on from the Lakers. You hear nothing about all the other guys that are on this roster because these guys, these three people are overpowering over everything. And I think it's one of those things where LeBron James scores 50 points twice and he wins ball games and everyone's pointing to him as, Oh wow, look at this. This is the hero of the Lakers and everyone else is playing like crap and everyone deserves to take all the blame. But you watch the the highlights. People break it down all the time on morning shows, or you just watch it uh, watch it um, in regular games. And we'll talk about this on Wednesday when we break down the Lakers. Yeah. But I I just think the Lakers, LeBron James, just gets fed up at some point in the game. He just gets fed up and doesn't want to play anymore. You see it all the time. Like Russell Westbrook had a really bad shot from behind the three. Yeah. LeBron James does nothing to guard on the other end. Just kind of walks yeah. over. Luckily, they missed so it's the like shot. A big chemistry problem. It's not. It's just it's everyone dumb. doesn't care anymore. Like everyone's just like, okay, fine. I don't. I or none yeah. of these other guys are playing well enough. All right, just hands off. See ya. Basically, it's how LeBron James is acting about this. He's acting very, um, very much like this is it for me. I don't really care. I think LeBron James is forcing his way out of the Lakers next season. I don't think he sticks around for another season. I don't think he wants to be uh, a Laker any longer. I don't think the Lakers are a good enough team to make it to the. NBA championship, they invested way too much into these old players that, frankly, have lost their touch together. Anthony Camello was perfect with the Portland Trailblazers. Really good addition. Russell Westbrook was better with the Wizards, and he should have stayed. I don't know why he decided to go. Uh, and then you have all these younger, younger pieces that you're not even hearing about because they're overpowered by this. So LeBron James, I don't think, is coming back. But right now, he's playing... I think he just plays really hard in certain games... And over the last couple of weeks, we saw two 50-point games. And then he's just tired of just playing so hard, and everyone else is literally just giving up. Russell Westbrook, no effort. LeBron James, at times, lots of effort. At other times, just seems really tired. And I think the game is kind of getting to him a little bit, and having to do everything uh, is getting to him a little bit, especially at his age. So I think maybe he tries to go back to the Cavaliers or something like that next season where he can finally make an impact but doesn't have to be everything uh, on that roster so i i think you can't just point to everyone else on the roster and say it's their fault but you also you have to also look at the lebron james part of it where he plays well and then he also doesn't play well and i at first i was going to say that it is lebron james's fault because he's playing half and half but you also have to think about the fact that he's in his later 30s and he's basically doing everything that's possible to win a basketball game. They're scoring maybe 100 points. He's scoring 50 of those 100 points. That means everyone else, with five other guys, have to score 50 points together in a collective four-quarter game. 
Uh, and then you get look at last night, and they just got blown out by the Suns, and you saw a lack of effort from this entire team. So I just think it's going to be a massive just uh, destruction of the entire organization. The coach is going to get fired. A lot of coaches are going to get fired on the Lakers. A lot of players are moving on. Release, trade, free agency. But the biggest loss that they're going to have, and it's the Lakers' own fault for putting all their eggs in one basket and that was the big three basket and they put it all in there and they're about to lose LeBron James and the biggest, the basket itself, the thing that was holding it all together is about to just drop out. And then they're going to figure out what they're going to do with all these pieces that they have and how they're going to pay the contracts that they put together and how they're going to do all this stuff. And are they be able to find teams that are willing to take the financial burden from these, from this team and what are they going to be able to do for that? So the Lakers have a lot on their plate and there's only 14 games, like I said, the season's about to close out. And will they be able to hold off enough to be in even in the play-in tournament? Because they're only two spots out from fumbling all the way out. And then the Portland Trailblazers can come in and I'll be very happy about that. But if the Lakers can't win enough football or enough bas- football games, <laughs> something's on my mind. But <laughs> basketball games, then I just it's going to be really hard for a lot of Lakers fans. But I also think the conversation is going to turn into... Is LeBron James a greatest of all time player? Is he an actual GOAT? Or is he just one of those players that's one and the same? I, I think this is going to bring into question his legacy. Like Russell Wilson's in the same familiar situation with Seattle where he couldn't uh-huh. go back and everything like that, but he had really good success early. LeBron James needs to leave after the season, redeem himself, and then quit. Obviously, he wants to quit when his son comes in and play a season with him and then get out. But get out of the Lakers after the season because the conversation's going to shift ex- exclusively towards him and blame him pretty much for everything. But just because of everything that we put on people like LeBron James. So I just think he needs to get out of the season, give himself a fresh start, win a couple of championships, play the sun, and then get out. And the conversation about his legacy, this would just be a small yeah. point, yeah. A, a low point, if you will. Yeah. Right. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yeah. I'm going to go be excited about Tom Brady returning (laughs) from retirement because I think that's pretty awesome. Listeners, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. And if you haven't shared us with your friends or you enjoy listening to us, please do that. That's great for for everybody. Uh, Otherwise, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. See you. God bless.